Fixation Podcast Show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Animation Fixation Podcast Show, where we talk everything animation. Phil Tippett is a name which most stop motion and visual effects fans would recognize. From his work in the original Star Wars sequels, Starship Troopers, Willow, and his utter incompetence on Jurassic Park as the dinosaur supervisor, you had one job, Phil. Don't let the dinosaurs out. Phil Tippett has left a huge impact in stop motion and visual effects, as he would go on to win several Academy, BAFTA, Primetime Emmy, and Saturn Awards for his work. For this episode, we are taking a look at his true magnum opus, a passion project that has spanned over 30 years. That project is, of course, Mad God. In 1990, Phil Tippett began work on Mad God, but during the rise of his studio, the project was dropped. In 2010, Tippett decided to tackle this project once again and started a Kickstarter with a budget goal of $40,000. On June 2012, the project was successfully funded, reaching a total $124,156. Production started back up on Mad God and slowly chapters would be released for purchase on his website. However, a year before it was finished, Phil Tippett had a mental breakdown, causing him to be admitted to a psychiatric ward. The film was first screened in its entirety on the 11th of December 2021 and took in a total of over $300,000 at the box office while also receiving a rating of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mad God is a stop-motion animated film that follows the journey of our protagonist, the assassin, as he delves through the depths of a strange, dark, bleak underworld filled with strange and horrific creatures. With a rather simplistic narrative and lacking any real dialogue, Mad God is a true sensory experience that you will never forget. Now, I'm really excited about this one, and I'm even more excited to hear what your thoughts are on this one, Caitlin. I loved it. It was it was something unlike anything else I'd ever seen. Uh, I think having this as stop motion, having the real physical sense to something kind of quite graphic and gory was a really, really good choice because you got to really feel like you were part of this world. You really felt immersed in this hellscape that's being painted. And I think it was a really good way of, you know, drawing people further into the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cho- choosing stop motion was a real clever choice. I- even though his uh, background and specialty is in stop motion, I don't feel like this film would have given the same sort of feeling if it was done in 3D or traditional 2D animation. There's just something so, I don't know, something different with with stop motion because it's so difficult to fake with stop motion because it's it's all done realistically with, with actual puppets that are moved by hand and yes you you often see stop-motion films being incorporated with 3d animation but Mm -hmm. at the heart of any film that uses stop motion it it just gives a completely different feeling when watching it and with a film such as mad god it's such a surreal dark experience that stop motion just takes it to a whole other level absolutely i mean it's considering that there is no dialogue in the film that it is very much this tonal piece and i've I've been trying to think of the right way to describe it and it's i'm falling somewhere between you know uh dante's inferno but make it lovecraftian gore and Mm -hmm. 
a grimdark horror game take of a magic school bus episode i'm mm-hmm. i'm kind of somewhere in between there yep um but i think being able to kind of get people into this film and be on board with essentially this is this is portraying the indifference to human suffering as horror mm-hmm. and this whole process of the machine of the industrial society and the horrors that that brings in having all these tiny little people that are faceless and nameless and just going about like ants all over the machine making it function and the lack of care for their well-being and lives that the machine is fed by their deaths and their suffering Mm -hmm. this is something i think if you did this in 3d animation or 2d as you were saying it's not going to have the same weight to it by having it actually being able to see all the little fibers of things as they're moving being Mm -hmm. able to feel the the splatter of things against the camera or mm-hmm. you know being able to kind of feel the physical squish of a character as they're yes. crushed under the machine it's yes. it brings a whole other depth to it yes and and there, there's so much of that like it's it is a horror but it's not one that's supposed to at least i don't feel that it's supposed to scare it's it's more so mm. to disturb and to Mm -hmm. disgust and when when you actually have the these scenes where these just call it slop it's just thrown into the camera and and you you get the the feeling of the the texture the 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 gooiness of it all it kind of physically repels you in a way that as far as 3d has come and it's come such a long way and it can look so realistic there's there's just something different to having slime and sludge that's Mm. real being slapped into the camera you just can't get that same feeling with 3d yeah and this this film is all about at least i feel is all about just it's it's looking to create some sort of uncomfortable feeling you're not supposed to be comfortable when when watching this you know the the and it's not purely from the the visuals the sound as well is so mm-hmm. jarring it's it's designed to make you feel uncomfortable and yes, yeah. and yet as uncomfortable as it is watching and listening you are still sucked into it it's it's almost like a type of very dark voyeurism it's like it's like a car crash you can't look away like it's that like it's this horrific thing but you are so engrossed in it you just want to know what's happening exactly Um, exactly and you're not even sure just what you're you're looking at i mean the the only thing that really makes sense in in this world is the the main protagonist this the assassin all he's doing is he's following this map and making his way through this world this landscape and it, it we're seeing this landscape through through this character's eyes and you really get the feeling that what this character is feeling and experiencing you're feeling that too yeah I, I think you're right. Like there is, as you're going through, you do get the sense, particularly uh, right at the end before he goes into the uh, briefcase room yes. um, at the base of the tower, where there's that, what is kind of suggested is more of like a child of the workers because it seems to be a bit shorter than the other mm-hmm. ones. Um, and there's kind of this moment of connection, but the second that 
you know it, it's like it's it's this kid or the missions or things like bye kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry it was nice knowing <laughs> you and yeah it's you really get a, a feel for this world this kind of lack of I'm not even sure that it's necessarily a lack of empathy. I think the assassin kind of, even without having dialogue shows actually quite a lot of empathy mm -hmm. because we do linger on those character moments of seeing the suffering of people and you see him pause. Yes. And at the end, he's trying to bring down the tower to obviously end whatever is happening mm -hmm. here. So it's choosing this kind of, greater good over the individual moments but you still get a feeling for that empathy even though it's kind of it's mostly in the subtext but it's there yes. it's definitely there yes and the feeling of fear as well uh th this isn't just a character that's just you know wandering down the street you know this is a, a character that's obviously in a very dangerous environment and, mm -hmm. and you see this character taking cover and, and hiding in moments that we ourselves would hide and this character is, is all covered in in like this safety like uh diesel punk outfit that it seems like it would be very uncomfortable to wear but you wouldn't want to wear anything else mm -hmm. when going through this place yeah <laughs> um it's it's so difficult to explain i, th I think that's definitely yeah it's, it's something that kind of defies a lot of explanations you can sit here and say oh it means this or it's about this mm -hmm. but i'm sure that as many people as watch it will have a, a different interpretation of it because it is such a, a thought experiment and it is a, a tonal piece mm -hmm. so you know it is very much seems to be left open to interpretation in a lot of cases yes um <laughs> well it's especially when we see the the assassin op open up his briefcase and it's it's a bomb and with the stopwatch and he's placed it in an area that's filled with mountains of the same briefcases so is has other assassins come to to bring down this hellscape and just failed yes, or I very much read that when like, you know, there's all the briefcases and then obviously with that operating theater where they're, you know, pulling all the stuff out of the assassin and we come back to see this dollhouse view of hundreds of other bodies in this similar mm -hmm. position. The rebellion of and trying to bring down this tower, it's the same as, you know, all of the other industrial processes. Mm -hmm. It's part of the machine. It's a part of the the society. It's it's a scripted element. Yep. Whether the people that are fulfilling that function know it or not, they are another cog in the machine mm -hmm. and rebellion is part of yep. it to give people that little slice of hope to keep the machine turning. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that was kind of when I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that was, that was kind of when the film like really hit for me, just when we pull back on that dollhouse view mm -hmm. of, of those operating suites. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's just so much to take away from this film. <laughs> and yet the, the narrative itself is very simplistic. There's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's purely visual and and sound effects um yes. designed in a way to to make you feel un uncomfortable but done in such a clever way that you never actually want to look away and yeah. it's it's just been done so well and you can actually see why it's taken so long to do this 
there there was a, a a Vice documentary. This is actually how I found out about Mad God. Was this uh, Vice mm-hmm. documentary called um, uh, My Life in Monsters? That was interviewing Phil Tippett and talking about his experience working on Star Wars, Starship Troopers, and then goes on to talk about Mad God. And it, it just started out as a passion project that just got too big. You look at this film, and it is a huge film for for oh, yeah. any, for even a studio to do. There's mm-hmm. just so much that that actually went into this. So after realizing that it was too big for him, he decided to put it to bed and archiving it while working on. I think it was RoboCop two, and some of his uh, colleagues saw it and were like this looks really cool let's let's bring it back and you know they, they did the the kickstarter people loved what he had done already so it, it wasn't really it didn't seem to be a huge issue for him to be able to get money for it and he he's taken it to the very end and yet <laughs> he he ends up having a mental breakdown yeah it's definitely doesn't i, I think no matter what passion projects are the ones that tend to take the most out of you because you have this need to make them perfect you have this vision in your head and you are often the driving force behind it and you know there might not be the full support of something Mm -hmm. else or and even then when there is there's then the pressure of making what's in your head live up to your own expectations and other people's so I think no matter what the content is, passion projects are grueling. Um, but de- definitely, the, I don't think the content here would have helped. Um, <laughs> like no. this, this is kind of not the world's most hopeful view on humanity. Um, no, it, it, so. it, it, it's really quite a, a cynical look. I mean, it's it's purely focusing on on the negatives. When, when when you and I were first discussing this film, and you did mention. Mm-hmm. Dante's Inferno I thought that was a very apt metaphor I mean it's it's not exactly the same as Dante's Inferno but it certainly takes elements from it and not just going through the the seven layers of hell just the the despair that comes from this you know you're left wondering if the this uh, assassin character will make it out I mean he's he's gone on this really long journey at at the start of the film, he's in this uh, like a diving bell that's slowly being lowered, and the the sense of of scale is pretty yeah. trippy. I mean, he's he's very he, he's going past these absolutely gigantic fossilized creatures, and it really feels mm-hmm. like he's taking a journey through the center of the earth, and he's then reached this this hellscape. Yeah, it definitely feels like a descent of of humanity. It's like, you know, we're going through these ruins of societies. Um, You know, there's like the the little town thing that he goes through. There's like some little like fossilized town Mm -hmm. even that he descends through. So it's like we're regressing back to humanity at its basest form, even though technologically we've like progressed. Society has regressed into this very kind of survival driven world. Yeah, well, it's just like that saying, good times create weak people, weak people create bad times, bad times create strong people, strong people create good times. So it kind of feels now we're, I know we're getting a little philosophical, um, but... (laughs) I feel like this film deserves that. It it does, it does. Well, these sorts of films that are um, 
quite ambiguous, but have such a strong emotional impact, it's almost impossible not to make you reflect on your own life or how society has, has changed, whether it's for the better or for the worse. They, these films do that. They, they leave you questioning society, your reality. And, and you know what? They're, those are mm -hmm. great films, the ones that leave you yes. wondering and making you think more either internally or externally, N not leaving you thinking, oh, yeah, that, that was all right. It's not a bubblegum film. It's a, it's a, you, it, it, it's, it's a good meaty bit of steak. You really got to chew yes. on it. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I think I'd describe this as a English teacher's wet dream. But... <laughs> But, um, you know, you're not wrong. What do you think that the director was meaning when, you know, these characters are squished under these really heavy, <laughs> heavy floating things or when the train comes and what about these huge beings that are being electrocuted? What is the director saying? I, I really liked the, uh, the touch of, uh, the baby, like barking out orders on the loudspeaker, just that incoherent baby bubble, because, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's kind of back to that industrial process mm -hmm. stuff, that idea of, you know, people that don't know how to do the job barking down orders to the people that actually have to do yeah. it and that kind of disconnect in information and, you know, knowledge. Yeah. And so I think there's, I think there'll be quite a few people that have uh, suffered through some rather incompetent bosses that'll be like, mm, this, this feels correct. This feels now, right. See, that's really interesting because <laughs> I, that, that seems very accurate mm -hmm. when I, I heard the voice, I found it like it added to the eeriness, the, the uncomfortable feeling. Um, so it's the thing I love about these films is, is you can get so many varied opinions on people's thoughts mm -hmm. and, you know what were what was your thought when you heard the baby speaking over the loudspeaker barking out orders people are going to give all these different opinions and none of them are wrong it, it, it's just yeah. like saying what feelings do you get when you look at it at an artwork and this is very much an artwork absolutely so it's it's very clear that we both really like this film what didn't you like about this? Uh, what didn't I like about this? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I want more of it. <laughs> it's too short. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think that's probably my only my only comment, and that's gonna be infuriating. But it is like I, I genuinely can't think of anything where I'm watching this and going, I don't like. I don't like this scene or I wish they'd done this bit mm -hmm. differently. It was something completely different, completely unique. And it was really fascinating. I can't, I can't say that you've done anything <laughs> wrong. Like it's the, the music was mm -hmm. incredible. Um, it just, it really carried everything because you've got no dialogue. The music really does have to carry you yes. through to really help you hit those, Absolutely. those emotions. And the music just mm -hmm. did that flawlessly the whole way through. You don't, consciously notice it but it just kind of adds to that air underneath everything you know where things are getting a little bit creepier you know you hear the turn in the music or you know um i really liked in the uh, operating suite when um the assassin wakes up and is watching mm -hmm. the clock just the effect of having that clock going and the tick yes. of that clock underneath the scene and 
feeling it mm -hmm. slow down because you do you feel as it slows down because your breath starts to catch and you start to really hang out for the yep. next tick and you it gives such a great air of suspense and drama and it's yeah i i i, I just really like this film <laughs> there had to be one yeah. tim um i i completely understand where you're coming from um however i i do agree with you everything is absolutely fantastic however i cannot go as far to say that i felt that this was the perfect film the the part like i i felt that parts one and two absolutely flawless loved it however mm -hmm. what got me was chapter three with the surgical scene mm -hmm. what frustrated me was the inconsistency of the style so throughout the 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 first two oh, chapters yeah, yeah. the style was very very consistent but in chapter three when we're dealing with the surgical scene you do have a switch in styles you, you're now looking at uh, mm -hmm. live action characters that are sometimes switched out with puppets and and to be honest the puppets yeah. that of the humans they look really cheap and uh, everything else looks fantastic it, even these uh, little worker characters that look like they're uh, made up of fluff they look fantastic they, mm. they didn't they they probably were cheap but they didn't feel cheap yeah no i know what you mean when the the nurse is holding the baby um and we see the puppet version of her it made no sense to to have that shot seeing her as a puppet and it did look very cheap and I, I just found that very jarring and also having the surgeon being a live action character but again that's just a small gripe this is a fantastic film it's mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to do a film perfectly and this one is is very close to getting it perfect um those just those creative choices in that segment of the film i didn't understand and i really didn't like um I mean, yeah, that's that's valid. I, I do remember that kind of scene where we're actually getting to see mm -hmm. like the nurse's face quite up close, and yeah, it was a little bit in, like different from everything else that mm -hmm. we had seen. I thought it was kind of interesting that they were making that particularly yep. stand out. Um, I'm I'm wondering if there's meant to be kind of some symbology behind that. If there's supposed to be like a specific reason that, that we wanted those characters mm -hmm. to be live action or looking yep. particularly human. So I'm, I'd be curious to actually find out some more about the intent there. That sounds like there's a story behind that. Well, I mean, it, 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 it could have been intentionally. I mean, it, it could have been done to try and, try and affect the, the audience on a more psychological level in that when we see the nurse, even when she lies down because she's a live action character, uh, where it's easier to to sympathize with her than it is a, mm -hmm. a puppet especially a, a puppet yeah. that you know looks like it, it's it's not a realistic looking puppet and so that could uh, i'm just speculating but that could have been used to help make the audience feel more connected or possibly even more disconnected leaving the audience unsure of how to actually feel that nothing in this world is ever certain. I think it is really interesting because most of the time that we see the characters being in some way 
tortured or processed as part of this kind of diabolical mm -hmm. machine. It is a mechanical yes. process or the, the things that are doing it are quite clearly these puppet monsters. Like they are not human. They are, they are yes. something else. And this scene is the first scene where we see people that look at least even vaguely human committing kind of, you know, these, act, these acts of torture, like, you know, ripping out the, the guts of the assassin and, and going through this, this process. I'm wondering if this is something along the lines of, you know, showing that humans are behind this, this descent or whether like having her switch out with the puppet is, you know, people start as people and they do horrible things that make mm -hmm. them monsters. And so it's supposed to, you know, maybe if we saw more of this down the track, there would be, you know, more of this transitional period between, you know, these characters becoming more horrific mm -hmm. puppets. That that would be, I think, quite interesting. Yeah. That's purely speculation. Oh, of course. I, mean, <laughs> I think that would be interesting. I, I mean, th this is just one of those films where you are left to speculate. Nothing is ever really yeah. certain. You, you expect that maybe the the assassin it has been destroyed at the end or maybe he's just been created into something different mm -hmm. and, and i think that when when you leave films open like that when when you leave people speculating it's a it's a very clever way to actually bring people back to make them want to watch it again it's 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 not just Absolutely. a film that's set to entertain you for um, however long the the runtime is, it's it's designed in a way to make you to continuously think about it to leave to keep you wondering, which is part of the fun with a lot of these films. You know, they they, they leave a, a lasting taste in your mouth, whether it's it's good or bad. If it, if it leaves something yeah there, it, it, you're more likely to come back to rewatch it again to see what parts you missed you know, yes. and, and that's yeah. very clever filmmaking right there yeah I, I know this um, it has it is really a bit of a, a love letter to a lot of, of you know other works as well you can really get a sense of um, you know Fritz Lang's Metropolis in here You, the one that really stood out for me actually was it feels a lot mm -hmm. like David Lynch and I was thinking back to, to Mulholland Drive. It's got a little bit of that Mulholland Drive yep. sort of feel to it for me, like that kind of slightly non, non sequitur, but also lines up perfectly. It's, it, for me, was that same thought exercise. It has that real, you know, mystery feel to it. I really liked it. It was, I found it very, very interesting. And I definitely will Absolutely be rewatching it at some for point. For sure. And I've always mm. loved it when you take these mediums that were you'd probably only ever see uh, created for kids. This is definitely something that is not created for kids. This is something yeah. that is very adult. I, I think if you showed your kids this, they will be uh, requiring some professional help. But mm, you know, yes. it's it's definitely worth a watch. Anyone that has any sort of fascination or interest in stop motion or any sort of animation or even filmmaking in general, this is an absolute must for, for anyone yes. to watch. It's set out as a, a horror. It's not scary, but it is disturbing. It's no. it's it's gory, yes. but not yes. so much with blood and guts. It's gory in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so, 
<laughs> Coming to the end, what are your final thoughts on this, Caitlin? I absolutely loved this film. It, it, it's a weird one to say that you loved because mm -hmm. it is, like you said, quite disturbing uh, content. But I really enjoyed this film. It has such a unique style. I think the story for something so simplistically told mm -hmm. was actually extremely effective. Um, yeah, and the, the music, yes. again, just phenomenal. Carried it beautifully all the way through. It was phenomenal i'm gonna say mm -hmm. 4.5 out of 5 <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> um yeah look i i agree with all of your points the the music was absolutely mm. phenomenal and and the sound effects as well it just works so well just setting the mood and it worked it, it, it just works so well and the the visuals it's unforgettable the visuals it's it's so master uh, masterfully done absolutely and oh, I would love to just see more of this. It, it's definitely a film that is rewatchable. Mm -hmm. I won't say that it is a film for everybody, but it's no. one that is definitely going to have its its longtime fans. And, and I, I think it'll become a, a real cult classic, especially amongst so. uh, stop motion fans. Absolutely. Um, and I too will also give this four and a half out of five. It was that good. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to give it five, but I couldn't. You talked both of I us couldn't. out of it, Tim. <laughs> I did. So w were you actually going to do five stars? I was on the fence. I was on the fence. Because, you know, I, I as, as amazing as I think it is, I'm always hesitant to say things are perfect because I think there's always going to be something where you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of, that's, that's how my grading scale works. There's always room for improvement. Exactly, but I, I do feel that there are films out there that are definite five stars, but this one is, it was so close, <laughs> but not quite there. But look, that being said, thank you everyone so much for listening to this podcast and stick around for the next one. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. Bye.